G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. As you'll know, there is a strong Christian push in this federal election campaign that highlights for voters the inadequacies of policies on all sides. It might appear Christians are becoming better at being able to contrast the objective truth they understand with the arbitrary positions being put into policy by our major political parties. Wendy Francis is National Director of Politics for the Australian Christian Lobby and Wendy's back with us. Wendy, welcome along to 2020. Thank you as always for having me, Neil. Wendy, there's been a major push on. Uh, You've got a huge and significant membership these days, people who are subscribing and contributing to what's happening with the Australian Christian Lobby. You're also running election candidate forums. How have they been running around Australia? We've had um, huge response to our candidate forums, Neil. Um, The one at the Gold Coast was probably one of the largest we've had and there was close to 800 people there that night and that was wonderful. But we're also holding them in um, Tasmania, we're holding them in Adelaide, we're also going to the Northern Territory as well. So um, we're finding that people are really keen to both hear from their hear from the candidates but also to actually hear from ACL as to what the real issues are in this particular election campaign. That's Those are the two things that I think people are really getting out of it. Now are there some questions that come up frequently when these forums happen? Uh, clearly there's a whole lot of detail in policies and uh, comparing party against party. There must be some questions that you tend to settle on uh, that you want to really bring out the best in each candidate. I wonder if we can work through a few of those today. Let's start with education, uh, because uh, in one of the issues that is being faced around Australia, schools chaplaincy, and uh, that's been funded federally. Uh, what sort of question do you ask candidates around education and schools chaplaincy? This is one that does come up quite a lot because um, the parents who have kids in school know the value, so they want to know, you know, what do you do? You still support the continuance of the current chaplaincy program that obviously came in, um, you know, right back under Howard? I think it was even before then. So uh, the what we're finding is that both major parties definitely support. Um, The majority of the minor parties do. The Greens no. So we're finding that the Greens would prefer a much different program, much more secular. Uh, but we are we are asking that question wherever we go because we do see the the, um, the need for chaplaincy to remain in schools. There is some concern as to the amount of funding, I guess, that comes from the government as to whether schools um, should be instead supported in the chaplaincy more by the churches rather than the government and that could be a way ahead in some in some um, senses but certainly both major parties are supporting the chaplaincy they recognize the value so yeah that's a that's a good one 
There's lots of issues I know you're dealing with, questions for candidates and sitting members and senators who are attending some of these forums that you're leading. Let's talk about something that so many parents are absolutely disturbed by, and that can be a part of what our children are being taught, even under a shroud of secrecy. Uh, The thought of consent education, that's crept into the education spectrum. Uh, What are your thoughts around consent education and the sorts of ways that you approach that with candidates? So I'm really concerned about this, and this is one of these um, very woke sort of topics because it seems to be the right thing for everybody to agree with consent education. But the problem is parents have not even been given the opportunity to consent to consent education. So parents do not know what is going to be in this mandatory consent education. And when we say that it's going to be a mandatory part of the national curriculum, that means that it will go into all schools, not just state schools, if it's a mandatory part. And the concern for me is that just because a young child says yes or, or you know, we put this responsibility into their hands, you can say yes, you can say no. Just because a child says yes to something does not mean that it's right or that it's best for them. And we are, um, through this consent education, my concern is that we are placing too much responsibility on our children to make decisions that parents really should be making for them. We are asking them to carry a burden too heavy. And so um, we want what we're asking the government and what we're asking the opposition and all of the minor parties is, Will you allow parents to actually look at this consent education and give their consent for it to be taught to their children and not just try and, um, I guess, uh, bypass the parents and, and remove the parental rights that we have so long held on to in this nation? Because that's our concern, that these parental rights are actually being whittled away and we will fight against that. So a concern here is that there are woke activists who are contributing to the curriculum around consent education and uh, that's the fear, isn't it, Uh, and parents not being consulted. So uh, you're asking parties to make sure that their side uh, wants to consult with parents rather than just uh, lording it over and telling parents to sit there and be quiet. Correct. We believe that the parents are the ones who should be responsible for the the moral education of their children and they are the ones who will know whether something is too explicit for their children because children can can accept things on a different level and at different ages as well and parents are the ones who know what would be too much for their children or even what is appropriate for their children or what their children need in terms of this sort of education. And so just a blanket approach saying we're going to um, actually outline all this explicit stuff to children at certain ages, that, that is not the right of our schools or our government. That is a parent's right. Wendy, what are the candidates saying in these forums? Uh, the majority of them saying, yes, we agree with you. Uh, there's a good position there. The Christian lobby's on the money. Uh, or are there candidates standing up in these forums and saying, you've got no idea. We need to teach these kids about consent, uh, not because we've consulted with parents, but because of what the experts say. Um, There's more the latter, um, Neil, unfortunately, because what they're saying is information is power. And so we need to give the children this information so that they can make their own decisions. But I I disagree with um, that the children 
at young ages should not be burdened with making some of these decisions because they're not actually able to weigh up the consequences of some of these decisions. They are too young and we shouldn't be expecting them to make some of these decisions. So parents are the ones who know what is right and what is best for their children and so they still should be the ones making the decisions. Imagine if we we allowed our children to decide what they were going to eat and and that they could decide what was best for them as far as a meal planning. You know, we, we could end up with just uh, McDonald's all the time or we could end up with Slurpees at every meal, you know. And when we don't put these... We don't put these decisions onto our children because we know what's best for them. How much more if we do something in such a, a you know, a basic sort of thing as, as eating, how much more important is it for parents to make decisions over sexuality and these big decisions and not burden our children with, with um, okay, if you say it's okay, it's all right. It's just, just consent. Just because a child says it's okay does not mean that it's okay for them. Of course, some of these things come under the jurisdiction of the state. But when you've got issues around consent and all these sexuality issues that we keep talking about, these do have a federal dimension, as does the national curriculum. Because while the states might be administering schools, the national curriculum has been part of what you've been concerned about too because there's this diminishing or watering down of Australia's uh, Christian heritage and our values. Uh, what have you been asking candidates around the national curriculum issues? So with the national curriculum and the consent education comes into this, of course it crosses over because it's part of it, but what we really want again is we want a, a, the process of further consultation because w- what we found is there was some consultation and back in 2021 and there was huge concern from parents about aspects of the curriculum. Um, certainly they were worried about some of the um, questionable facts around our heritage Certainly the removal of a lot of Australia's Christian heritage and values, uh, was, that's been removed from the Christian curriculum. There's been a number of things that have been identified and raised, but it seems like that consultation, even though that happened, it doesn't seem like those um, recommendations have crept into the review. And some of this has been because of changes within the, um, within the uh, ministers who have been looking after education. So Alan Tudge was looking after education and that's all changed as well. And so um, some of it is, is we we're scared that some of it's going to get lost in the cracks between different ministers as well. So we, one of the questions we've been asking is, will you support further consultation with parents and, and the further review of this Australian curriculum? Because... This is so important that we get it right. We are way down um, on the list of of, uh, of nations in far as far as giving quality education to our children. Uh, we're like 39th out of 41 um, high income uh, nations around the world in giving quality education to our children. This is shocking. This is shocking. And so we. To remove some of the um, the gender ideology, some of the stuff that is taking up time in our classes, and a waste of time—not even scientific or biological um, fact—and we want to replace it with with true knowledge. 
I guess when you've got candidates up on a stage and they're answering questions about this, uh, they probably tremble a little when they get the gender ideology question because this is one of the important ones, isn't it? And this is the one we've been talking about now for years, has been creeping in. Parents have not been consulted and children are being taught all sorts of things in school that typical parents would be absolutely disturbed about. What sort of questions do you ask around gender ideology? We're particularly just asking whether they will support um, scientific theory being taught in schools because this is what they're always going on about, that we want to stick to you know, science sort of stuff. Whereas the, the gender theory that they're teaching in schools is totally non-scientific. And so we're asking, um, you know, can you tell us your position on, on this sort of stuff? What, do you believe it should be taught in schools or not? Because what is being taught in schools to our children right from prep right through is that they can change their gender. They can choose what gender they want. They can even change it during the day um, and go back to a different gender. And the other scary part is that children can do this school without parents' knowledge. So there are children who are um, being addressed as a boy at school and going home and identifying as the biological girl that they actually are. And parents are, don't know about it until all of a sudden uh, there's a process starting to happen that they have to actually get involved in. So it's quite scary for parents. And you're right, it is a controversial question, but it is a question that needs to be asked. And fortunately, this, this election, it's become quite public because there's people like Catherine Deves who's, who's um, become quite um, outspoken about it. And, so there are, and there's Senator Claire Chandler, who's not up for re-election this time, but she's got her bill, uh, Saving Women's Sport. And there's a lot of very high-profile sportswomen coming out and speaking about this as well. So it has gained prominence. And I think, I think the tide might be starting to turn, to be honest. So that would be great, Neil. Let me just ask you a little aside here. Last week on Friday, we had a conversation and Kira Lee Smith was our guest. And she, of course, leads the binary organisation, suggesting that there are women who are leaving the Greens party because... They've pushed so far, the position on the far left looks now quite sexist. So on these sorts of issues, and this is where it leads, uh, is any of that sort of thought coming through in any of the uh, forums that you've been running? Or have you heard anything more about that? People leaving the party because they're not happy with the policy? Kiralee is absolutely right. And what's been um, more amazing is that a number of the rad fans, the radical feminists, are, are supporting people like Catherine Dees, who, who is uh, running for the Liberal Party. And so uh, there is a whole lot of alliances being made uh, by um, people from unlikely uh, backgrounds with a lot of things that are not in common, but they have got this in common that they are fighting hard for women's rights and so, um, yeah, Kiralee's brilliant. I love binary. I love what Kiralee does. She's, she's just brilliant. But she's absolutely, that's what I'm seeing as well. Not only are people, you know, like leaving the Greens parties or whatever, but they're supporting parties that I'm not sure they ever would have thought they would be supporting. And the challenging thought in all of that is uh, that if women are leaving the Greens because these prob these problems uh, within policy formation all of a sudden look very sexist, 
they might not find a happy home in our major parties either because the policies on the Labour Party side or the Liberal National side don't look a whole lot better, do they? It's so interesting though, isn't it? Because when the Prime Minister was asked, um, he said, no, no, I support, you know, Catherine Dees, I support Claire Chamber. Um, but then, and also when the opposition leader, Anthony Albanese, was asked, can men have babies? He said no. But if you look carefully at the Labor platform particularly, it really does support this gender fluid ideology strongly. Not so much the Liberal Party platform, but when you talk to some of the Liberal Party um, members of Parliament, they were calling for Catherine Deeves to be disendorsed from her pre-selection because she was saying women should be able to play sport against women. Um, and so she was sort of claiming this biological you know, high ground, which I totally support, and she had members of her own party wanting her to be disendorsed. So you're absolutely right. But the interesting thing, though, is that both leaders seem to be picking up on, hang on a minute, the wind is changing and people are not um, going along with this gender ideology as much as we perhaps thought. Because I, I think they wouldn't be saying things publicly if they didn't, I guess, see the wind change a little bit on this. Well, it might be one of those issues where you can see a win happening into the future because the clear uh, incongruity of how people think about these things is coming to light. Uh, Just quickly, Wendy, all of these sorts of things we're talking about in the uh, curriculum and gender ideology, uh, parents being left out. Uh, That's the major Mm. challenge here, because if parents had a voice, uh, then some of this stuff might never come to light. But parental rights, that's been a challenge, uh, certainly in the New South Wales State Parliament. But uh, parental rights, uh, those are the sorts of things you're asking candidates as well. Absolutely. And it certainly plays into the school section. Um, So it does play into the education questions because parents are being excluded from knowing what their children are being taught and even having a right to exclude their children from some of these more controversial classes and they're not being um, given the the option of actually teaching their own children their own moral values but the parental rights thing goes into um, also goes crosses into health as well and what we're seeing is uh, certainly in most schools now Um, education across the board they have what we call a mature minor policy and so they will schools can um, schools schools can allow their children the children in schools to make their own choices on health matters so this crosses right into even things like abortion um, but certainly a lot of the uh, transgender sort of ideology as well it crosses into that because what the schools are saying is that even though a child might be um, below the age of being able to make decisions, children can make health-related decisions um, at school without parental consent or acknowledgement because of this mature minor policy. So they say if the child understands what they're they're, um, making the decision on, then they should be allowed to do that at school. We are... We are totally against that. And what's more, it goes further. This parental rights is a big issue, Neil. So I'm sorry I'm talking so much about it, but there's a big issue because it also crosses into the My Health Record. So the parental rights, as far as My Health Record, have been completely stripped in that um, the, the My Health Record policies now restrict parental access to their children's health record at age 14. 
So at age 14, a child can have their own health record, has their own health record, and parents do not have an access to that. So again, what I would say to that is that it's so, I mean, it's terrible for parents because we're stripping parents' rights. But it's very unhelpful for Australian children because Australian children at the age of 14 should not be left to carry health decisions because it's a burden that they are actually too young to handle without their parents' advice and their parents' help on that. And so this parental rights is a big issue that, that, um, we, that voters and anybody listening really should be aware of um, that this matters in this election because it crosses over so many different areas. Well, when you've got policies that are inconsistent with science and inconsistent with common sense, uh, somehow or other, when you pass the ball on to someone else because this is a hot potato, uh, let's put the responsibility on the kids. Uh, So empowering parents is going to be one of the challenges here because at the moment... Uh, All of the things that we're talking about today seem to be all about disempowering parents. So it's parents, if you've got children, uh, be concerned about these things. What's your encouragement, Wendy Francis? Uh, You're the director, uh, national director of politics for the Australian Christian Lobby. Uh, How can parents get a little bit more informed here? Because right now the wool is being pulled over their eyes and so many are not even aware of these things. That's right. So there's a couple of things. Certainly for this election, and this is a very short-term thing because the election will happen within a few weeks now, a couple of weeks. But um, what we, what ACL are doing is we are asking the candidates and the major parties these questions, and we will be publishing them. The candidate list only was only settled really days ago, and so we're still contacting the candidates to get their answers. But ACL will put up um, the answers to these. So that will help people in the short term make make their decision in the in the voting poll, in the voting booth. And I also encourage people to ask the candidates their the questions themselves. But the other thing that I do say to parents um, long term is if you have children at school, why not join the PNC? You know, get involved in your school because this is where you're going to find out what's actually going on and it is where you will have more of a voice in your school. It's it's a place of great um a great impact. I really think that there's quite a, a powerful uh, voice that you can have in your PNC. Uh, but also, of course, I always encourage people to get to know their Member of Parliament and be able to speak into that space as well. Um, but, but parents who have kids at school, get involved in your PNC. And I know we've spoken before about voting for people over parties in this coming election. The thought that politics is broken It may even exacerbate some of the problems in there, but if you don't vote for the people who are candidates and you vote for a party, you may actually just be endorsing more of the same beyond the election. So for people who are thinking now about how I vote, uh, when they go to the ACL website and they look at some of that uh, research that you've got happening there, and I imagine it'll be a a set of uh, green ticks and red crosses next to various names, uh, how can people make use of that most effectively? Yeah, so there'll be a little bit of the ticks and crosses, but there will also be sort of more full information as well as to what we're actually asking and what we're, what the answers were. 
uh, because I do think that we are saying people over parties this time and we really want people, uh, the voters, to look at the people that they're voting because with the um, with some of the recent legislation that has not gotten through, so some of the legislation particularly around religious freedom laws, then it was the people in the parties that made a difference. So there was there was people in the Liberal Party who crossed the floor and voted against the government. There was people um, in the Labor Party and the Greens who joined together to block some legislation. But if we can increase the number of people of values in both of those major parties, if we can start getting people who really understand truth and and will stand up for truth no matter what, um, that will make a huge difference in our parliament, not just our national uh, federal parliament, but in our state parliaments. And we are seeing change. We've seen a change in, in South Australia. In the last state election, we believe that there was good change for people in both parties to be removed and people to be brought in. And it's still not perfect, that's for sure. We're never going to have a perfect party or a perfect um, political situation in any nation but if we can have people of faith in these um, parties people who stand by truth then it is going to be so much easier for other people in the party to actually stand strong as well because one strong brave voice can actually really strengthen the the um, backbone of many others i think and is it the case, Wendy, that candidates for an election are actually very open to talking to the constituents who will be voting for them? So if you try and make an appointment to see your candidate or your local member or if you're uh, picking up the phone to talk or if you're sending an email, uh, they're open to that this time of this time of a campaign. They absolutely are because they, you know, particularly if you are part of their electorate, they 100% are because they know that um, you know, some of the electorates that we are voting in around Australia, they're, they're down to as little as 400, 500 votes, the difference. So they know that every vote really does matter and one person's vote affects a whole lot of others because you'd often find that within a family group or a church group or a, you know even a lions group, you're going to find that one person who is vocal and has met with their candidates and can share the information, then it does affect a whole lot of other voters. So um, the, at the moment, the candidates are very keen to meet and talk. If you find a candidate who's not keen to meet and talk, then that's a real worry because if they won't even meet with you before the election, you can actually bet your bottom dollar they won't meet with you after the election. So, you know, the candidates at the moment are keen and and they're not hard to find. Um, You can easily find them even just by a quick Google search, but you certainly will be able to find them on the ACL website as well because we're putting up all the candidate um, email addresses so that you can contact them. Find out, you know, ask the questions that are really important to you because that's how you should be voting. Well, so many listeners are soaking in the insight and advice that's coming from uh, your organisation, the Australian Christian Lobby, uh, Wendy Francis. I'll point people to the website where they can get some of that wonderful resource uh, to be able to be informed before time to cast your vote. acl.org.au, the Australian Christian Lobby website, acl.org.au. Why don't you test them out and see if they've got your candidate in your electorate there listed and some detail about how they vote. 
acl.org.au. Wendy Francis, the National Director of Politics for the Australian Christian Lobby. Wendy, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and insights with us today on 2020. Always grateful for your program, Neil. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.